Stories like Quinn Hoff's are rarely told, not because his story isn't worthwhile, but because people gravitate to overhyped and manufactured headlines. Make no mistake, Quinn's journey to sit behind the wheel of the Starcom Racing number 00 Chevrolet Camaro is a story that should be shared. In fact, it's downright refreshing. We talked to Quinn in his third season as a racer in the NASCAR Cup Series just after the announcement of his new partnership with 8-Ball Whiskey. Quinn isn't a NASCAR superstar yet, <laughs> but I hope our conversation puts him on the radar of those looking for someone to root for. As we talked, it became apparent that his open personality and honest perspective is something NASCAR and non-NASCAR fans alike will find invigorating. Here's our interview with NASCAR driver Quinn Hoff. Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. My first question to you, Quinn, is I know you've raced go-karts as a kid, but at what age were you introduced to NASCAR? Well, I was introduced to NASCAR at a a much younger age than when I started racing. NASCAR, to me and my family, was just something that after church, you went to uh, 7-Eleven on the way home and got your soda and your snack, and then you went home and uh, turned on the TV to watch NASCAR, and that's something my dad and I did, you know, from a very young age, I was doing that with them probably four or five or so. And I was just a little league baseball player. And I always saw the go-kart tracks out back behind the bullpens beside the putt-putt courses, like you see all the time. And I raced my dad there for a couple of years at a young age and then bugged him for two years that I wanted to race for real. And he finally caved and uh, that's kind of where the bug got started. Being from Virginia, what was the one driver that you idolized growing up? I grew up watching it with my dad and cheered for the same guys he cheered for. Obviously, um, at a young age, it was Earnhardt Sr. He was the man for everybody. And (laughs) then my dad became a Jamie McMurray fan early on when he got his break in the sport when he filled in for the Coors Light car. And uh, then the Virginia boy, Denny Hamlin, came into the picture and we kind of just followed along with him as his career grew, obviously being a, a Virginia native as well. So it's just been something that I've followed my dad's lead on as far as the fan aspect of it. But as I became part of racing and racing myself, I just started to look at drivers for their talent abilities and what they're able to achieve on the track, just out of natural abilities. Okay, that's interesting that your dad went from Earnhardt to Jamie McMurray, but okay. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I know you have the Virginia background and just based on looking up a couple things about you. You grew up racing at the legendary South Boston Speedway. What is your favorite moment racing at that track? Yeah, South Boston Speedway has got a lot of history to it, and uh, it it puts on a good show for sure. And obviously a lot of great names have come through there, and I'm glad to have come through there as well as Motor Mile Speedway in Radford. But uh, honestly, my favorite moments there is probably not really on-track related. Um, I actually met my who is my wife now, Elizabeth, there. I was racing her dad 
in the late model series oh. there. And Shio is always there working um, on his stuff. And she was the, the tire girl on his team. And uh, he was one of those veteran guys that, you know, taught me a few hard lessons and wrecked me a few times because of things <laughs> I didn't know I was doing. And uh, we, uh, we just became friends at South Austin. And, uh, you know, here we are married uh, going into our second year. I want to take you back just a bit, Quinn, but at what age did you know your dream of actually becoming a race car driver was going to be a real possibility? Like, I know you've been racing since you've been early on, but at what age did you know, like, okay, I'm really about to be a NASCAR driver? Gosh, that's hard to say. Um, you know, there's obviously some aha moments in, in everybody's career, but I always felt like every opportunity behind the wheel or every next step behind the wheel was was a blessing and not knowing if there was going to be another one. But if I had to say that, did I think that there was a real possibility that I could become a NASCAR driver at the professional level? It's probably kind of back to back. I, I was 18 years old and I went from racing short tracks to like South Austin, like we just talked about. And I got a chance to run an ARCA car at Daytona International Speedway. So here I am going from under a half mile track to a two and a half mile super speedway. And I went there and I led a lot of that race my first time ever at a super speedway and, and it had great success and unfortunately didn't get the result we needed. But that was kind of a little bit of a springboard leading to an opportunity with um, a part-time team owned by a, a Virginian as well, uh, Richard Kodovic, to race in Xfinity. And uh, I, I debuted in Xfinity at 18 as well and I went to Bristol and I grew up watching Bristol and people told me I was crazy to go to Bristol as the debut track because it's so fast and you're so close to quarter racing and you're going there with a part-time team you're not locked into the show uh, you have to qualify in and we went there and ended up finishing inside the top 15 and that was kind of one of those moments that it was like I don't want to say that I thought it was a real possibility that I could become a professional NASCAR driver. I just felt like it was one of those moments that was like, I know I can do this. Ah, well, you know, you mentioned Bristol being one of your first races in the Xfinity series. That itself, just like you mentioned, is a very tough track. And actually, we all know that the Bristol race in the spring is actually going to turn into dirt. So how do you feel about racing a stock car on dirt at Bristol? You know, I really don't know. I guess I'll let you know how it goes. I've never, I've never um, done any dirt racing, and and they have this uh, track covered with dirt this year. It'll be interesting because it's obviously not a track that's ever been raced on dirt, so there's no real experience level there at all. And um, so ever since I've heard that, I just try to utilize my sim seats rig at my house and and run anything dirt that I can, just to get the aspect of what kind of vision you have to have when you drive a dirt car. What kind of wheel put? How does it react? You know, what, how does it react off gas, on gas? Do you need to use brake? All those things and all these different dirt cars just to see how different the technique is to it. And it's very different. And, and you know, as far as the, the full-size stock car on the dirt tracks, it's going to be something that's very hard to emulate because, you know, it's such a heavy car and something that can't really throw around a whole lot, I feel like. And, um, you know, obviously there's going to be a wide spectrum of experience on dirt in the Cup Series, going from guys that came from dirt backgrounds and going down to guys like myself that have no dirt background. So I'm anxious to get there and see what dirt's all about, I guess, and see how these cars <laughs> react to it. But it's uh, it's definitely got a lot of hype, which is good. And hats off to NASCAR for all these schedule changes to mix things up and get people talking and excited. And 
I think we're all looking forward to uh, going to try new things. Yes, I'm happy for the schedule mix up. <laughs> I think a lot of people are in. I think it's a cool event, just like you said, and it'll be something completely different. And it's been a super long time since NASCAR, the Cup Series at least, has hit the hit the dirt. It's It's been a while. But just to ask, and speaking of talking about going somewhere new and experiencing something completely different, you made your NASCAR Cup Series debut in Phoenix in 2019. So it's been almost two seasons since that's happened. How are you adjusting and what have you learned so far in the Cup Series? Yeah, you know, that that list is, is a pretty endless list. I feel like there's so much to learn coming into the Cup Series, especially with the experience level that I had. You know, it's uh, I got to jump into the Cup Series relatively quick compared to a lot of other drivers that haven't had the opportunity to run Cup yet. And obviously, it's a humbling thing to be able to be able to run the Cup Series, but it's also something that you – it's a risk versus reward. You know, you don't take that much time in in a feeder series, if you will, like Xfinity or ARCA, so you can get experience. I looked at it as getting my sponsors the most exposure and putting myself in the ultimate position that I wanted to be in, which was the Cup Series. And when that opportunity came up, you know, I was faced with racing the 40 best drivers in the world, stock car drivers, and I had to learn quick and I had to learn on the fly. And it was a very tough. And then, you know, my second racing series, you know, racing in the cup series for full time, you know, I raced, I think 17, 18 races, 2019, but then my first full-time season, a pandemic hits and <laughs> you lo- you lose all of your practice and qualifying time. So that made it a lot tougher as well, especially with my, you know, being new with Starcom racing and everything as well. But, you know, there's the way I just had to learn the way of the length of the races how you kind of have to run your race within the race and, you know, just learning the driver's skill sets. You know, you're, you're running against a lot of different guys that haven't really run around a lot and just learning, you know, how that personality is or how that driver is on the track is something that takes some time. So that was a very valuable experience of 2020. And obviously it looked very different, but I'm excited heading back into 2021 with the same team, a lot of the same guys and, and actually having some valuable experience and notes to lean back on to go back and see what we learned. Quinn, you mentioned sponsors, and we will talk about your new sponsor in just a bit. But I also wanted to jump back into something that you just said about coming in, being two years in, and things being switched up because of the COVID situation. But what advice would you offer the next generation driver who is trying to make it in Cup Series. You're two years in, but you've learned a lot. But is there one specific thing that you would tell the next person coming up? Well, I mean, I'm the kind of guy that's just always saying, follow your dreams and don't give up. You know, I never had anything that said that I should be racing as a professional driver in the NASCAR Cup Series. I didn't have I didn't have the name or the racing family background or I didn't have that big corporate multi-million dollar sponsorship. I, you know, a lot of people think that just because all those things are stacked against them that they don't stand a chance. And, you know, it might not always be pretty and the journey might not always be easy, but if you just follow your dream and commit to it and, and, and let God's path take you where it's supposed to, you know, you're going to end up in a place that, that you want to be. As far as anything inside the Cup Series to learn, it's it's really hard for me to tell them anything that they can learn outside the Cup series to apply when they get there to be ready 
but you know it's all about just not giving up on those dreams to get to you know the pinnacle where you want to be i think that's actually excellent advice quinn you just mentioned family but you also shared that your wife's dad wrecked you which is crazy in itself because now she's obviously your wife but I'm not sure if that ever comes up, but let me just say this. Like most NASCAR drivers, you are married at a quite a young age. What's the best thing so far about being married? Yeah, you know, it's actually, I don't know if it's trending to being younger to get married or not, but a lot of NASCAR drivers, you know, don't, you know, don't get married till a later age just because the lifestyle is so rigorous with travel and everything. But you know, I felt like I, I found the, I felt like I had the soulmate and there was no reason to wait. And, um, you know, I wanted, I knew kind of my career where it was going and, and the travel that it was going to take. And I wanted to have her along with me. So, um, it's been, it's been great to have that rock to lean on. And, and, you know, obviously my wife comes from a family that races as well. So, um, it's been kind of neat to integrate that into, to my daily life as well and be involved with her family. So, um, it's been nothing but positive for sure. We got two little dogs that travel with us whenever we can. And uh, it's fun to have the family on the road and take a little bit of home with you everywhere you go. Have you officially moved to Charlotte yet? Or are you still hell bent on staying in Virginia? <laughs> no, I'm I'm kind of a holdout. I didn't never, <laughs> I don't really want to uh, make the move down to Charlotte yet. You know, I've, I've loved the area that we live in, in, in the Valley in Virginia. And, you know, I feel like, the North Carolina thing is oversaturated and overpopulated. And until I have to go down there, uh, I'll probably hold out in Virginia, but this is where our roots are up here. And um, that's where we're going to try to stay as long as we can and have a connection here. I have one of those fun questions for you next. If you are starting your own NASCAR cup series team, you have a four car team. What four retired drivers would be on your team? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a crazy question. Is starting a, starting a cup team and come right out the gate with four cars? Uh, I mean, Anything's a, possible. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a lot of uh, definitely possibilities, but I, obviously the freshest one that I would probably pick would be Jimmy Johnson uh, for obvious reasons. You know, being the greatest of all time and in a lot of people's opinion and seven time champion and obviously can still get it done behind the wheel. He would be a great aspect to have to a race team, especially a new one. Um, as far as the other three, I would probably try to put junior back in the car. If he would do it just for the namesake, that would really get the team's name out there and get some sponsors interested. And, and as well as he's a very good racer as well. Yeah. You got to make sure it all works. <laughs> You know, after that, it, it kind of gets a little tougher and you want to say some older guys, but you know, obviously that wouldn't be too realistic. And I don't know if that means I'm taking the question too realistic or not, but <laughs> there's some there's some names that aren't necessarily past cup drivers that I would really prefer to put in there because I've seen so much talent coming through the grassroots levels through South Boston up into the level that I'm at now that I have never had a cup opportunity. And I think those final two cars I would give some guys that haven't had those opportunities the opportunity to be in the Cup Series. Okay, care to name those two guys? Uh, that's a that's hard to pick those two guys too. But uh, well, uh, uh, one guy for sure, I think would be a, a guy Lee Pulliam, which he's been uh, a late model veteran for a long time. He's won about everything there is to win in the late model level. I uh, never really got that big break chance. He had a few cannon starts. 
that didn't pan out for him. But I think he's got uh, a lot of ability, a lot of talent, and I would like to be able to see what he could do at a national touring series level. And then there's some guys like uh, Josh Berry, who who Dale Jr. has him on his team, and he's run his late model career out for many years now and has had very few Xfinity opportunities. And thankfully, looks like he's got about eight or 10, 10 Xfinity starts this year, and I think that he can get it done as well. And these are just guys that are very naturally just talented and, and just need need something to get them a sponsor or someone to get them a sponsor or a ride in, in a national national level, and I think they would outperform everybody. I'm actually surprised growing up a senior fan that you didn't throw in Dale Senior, but fair enough. You throw in Junior, I guess that works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got to jump into some whiskey talk. Eight ball premium chocolate whiskey to be exact. Can you share how that sponsorship came about since that is now your new sponsor and they've committed to being with you throughout 2021? Yeah, you know, it's very exciting to finally be able to bring the news to everybody that, you know, 8-Ball Chocolate Whiskey is coming on board with us. And uh, it's always refreshing to not only bring a new sponsor to the sport or a new company to the sport, but also just to have someone like 8-Ball believe in, in me and what I'm doing as well as the team. And it's just kind of fate. You know, I've, uh, Paul Thomas and his team are a great group of guys out of the West Coast in Southern California and around Vegas. And we never knew each other. We just met. I met the product over there on the West Coast last year before COVID. And, and one thing led to another. I got in contact with Paul Thomas, the CEO of it. And we hit off really quick. And he's a motorsports enthusiast himself with doing a lot of Baja things out West with the Baja 1000 and stuff like that. He listened to my story and he believed in hard work and grinding things out just as I am. And that's what he's done to uh, do all the things he's achieved so far in his career as well. So just matched up really well and just seemed like fate decided that we were supposed to come together and help each other out. And I'm excited to become a part of his family on the eight ball side of things. And as that brand continues to grow and come across the U.S. And I'm excited for him to invest in what I'm doing and continue to further my career in racing. So, you know, it's I'm really excited about it. And like I said, it's just a very refreshing thing to have something like this come on board and uh, be such a big part of 2021. You mentioned the Baja. Have you done any rally racing before? No, I haven't ever done anything like that, but he's telling me a lot of crazy stories and he wants me to get out there and uh, go out. He still has a team that races out there in the Baja 1000 on dirt bikes and stuff. So he's wanting to get me in a chase car and I might have to go out there and see what it's all about. The stories I hear about that sort of stuff is uh, these guys are pretty crazy. Yeah, I haven't done any rally racing personally. But I know a few people that have done the gumball and a few other things. And I actually have a friend who's a financial, he's a wealth manager, which is crazy in itself. But him and his brother travel all over the world doing rally racing. And everyone has told me like, it's the thing to do. It's on my bucket list to one day do the gumball. But yeah, so I actually want to kind of stay on the whole eight ball theme really quick. And this is like a quirky question and maybe it's not a great transition from eight ball into what I'm about to say, but I'm going to throw it out there. What has been the best NASCAR Cup Series rivalry to you and why? Oh man, that's tough. You know, that's 
that's just something that I feel like as in a general, the sport needs, you know, you have those rivalries and that's what kind of drives fans numbers up and drives interest up. And I think the, one of the best rivalries of all time was the Dale Earnhardt senior and Jeff Gordon rivalry. It was uh, literally anything either of those two did, the other did the opposite. And the fan base was so (laughs) divided, but so into the sport and it just thrived in that day and age. And I think that's something that the sport really needs to, uh, try to figure out how we can recapture some of those rivalries to get people's kind of blood flowing, you know, and, and, and have that excitement added into the race. So if I had to pick one that Dale senior, uh, Jeff Gordon, new age, Jeff Gordon and coming into the NASCAR cup <laughs> series is, uh, quite the rivalry. Yeah. Personally, I think it changed the sport completely, but I'm sure someone would argue that because NASCAR fans like to argue everything. Okay. <laughs> When, if you weren't a race car driver, would you have gone in the trucking business with your dad or would you have pursued something else? No, that was, uh, I'm the uh, fifth generation in a family business, small family business out of Weir's Cave, Virginia. And I was washing trucks and trailers at the age 14, 15 on weekends after school. And I was actually working in the mechanic side of things. And I was a trailer mechanic at nights all through the, my senior year of high school, I would get out of school and go work from five to nine, 10 o'clock. And then even after I graduated and started to focus on racing, you know, I was a part-time racer at that time. Even when we're talking about 2019 racing, I was going home and working in the trailer shop from two to midnight. So that was always kind of a, you know, something that I was very interested in and being involved with as well. And something that you know, is obviously close to my family's heart. So uh, that would definitely be something I feel like I'd be involved in and could even still try to be involved in as much as I can through racing and, and then after racing as well. What's the best life advice your dad has given you? I mean, that's a tough one as well. <laughs> you know? oh, I'm sorry um, for asking all these tough questions. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, I think the best advice, life advice my dad's given me is some like just the advice I just gave you for talking to a next generation racer. And it really goes for any youngster out there or anybody that's trying to achieve something great. And it's just that if if you can dream it, you can do it. And all you have to do is believe in yourself 100% and follow God's path along the way and the journey along the way and stay true to that. And uh, nothing is impossible and anything is achievable. And that was kind of the mindset he gave me from a very young age on this racing thing. Like I said, we had no idea what we were doing. Neither of us had had anything to do with racing before. And it really just took all the great people on the way that came into the picture to help me find the way up. So it's, it's been a very interesting journey. I wouldn't trade it for the world and I'm looking forward to the future. I like that advice. Your dad is a wise man. I am the queen of bite-sized motivation. In addition, yeah, everybody knows. In addition to this podcast, I actually have a motivational podcast where I share two minutes of motivational advice each day. So I am probably going to use your dad's advice. I'm just giving you a heads up, but I'll make sure to say that I got it from Quinn Hofstadt. There you go. (laughs) No, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, I... I tend to agree with a lot of that advice your dad gave you, but I also have to ask this question since you are in the Cup Series. You drive a Camaro Z01 in the Cup Series, and quite a few guys in racing are car guys. Like my buddy Corey LaJoy, 
I know he just recently built a Helicuda, which is just a 1970 Barracuda that he's been building for quite some time. So do you have any favorite cars that you've always wanted or anything that you want to build as a future project or something that you want to buy maybe in the future? Uh, it's really hard to say. I'm like, I'm, I'm like you said, I'm just a car guy that just appreciates a lot of different <laughs> cars, but uh, I definitely haven't been around long enough to be able to have the extra time or money to uh, mess around and build or redo cars or buy, you know, some vintage or real expensive ones. So I always try to keep it simple to keep myself out of trouble on the public roads. I got a, a 2012 rebuilt title Ford Focus that gets like 32 miles a gallon that just doesn't go very fast. And I, It's efficient. I just, yeah, I just stick. To, I do a lot of traveling, so I just stick to that. It keeps me out of trouble. And, uh, you know, recently, the new toy that we got recently in the family is uh, my wife got a brand new 2021 Jeep Wrangler. And, uh, you know, uh, Jeep Wranglers are really cool and being able to take the top off. And it's been snowing up here in Virginia lately, being able to mess around with all the modes it's got. So that's kind of been the little new thing to the family to play with recently. But I just, I'm trying to keep it simple for now. <laughs> well, that's a good choice that your wife chose. I drive a two-seater sports car and... My dream car is actually a Ferrari, but I'm not driving a Ferrari now, so don't get any. <laughs> don't think I'm in a Ferrari, but I. Everybody's dream car is a supercar. Yes. <laughs> but I actually have been thinking about getting a Jeep Wrangler. So good choice. Good selection from your wife. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Good. Got good tasting. Got good tasting cars 100%. And just talking about goals or being able to maybe one day do something like that. What are some of your goals for the 2021 season? Yeah, you know, as far as goals, it's, it's really hard to put a tab on it because I, I'm the kind of driver, even though that I'm full-time now, I like to take it one race at a time. And I've learned a lot about, like I said earlier, how to run these races. And even though it's a very long race, a race could be made or broken early and uh, firing off well and efficiently can really open the door to a lot of strategies uh, for the mid, mid part to the end part of the race. So, I kind of have a checklist of notes from last year, what happened, you know, at each track about what we did right, what we did wrong, and what we need to go back and what I'd like to accomplish. But obviously, as an overall goal for me week to week, I feel like it's top 30, which I feel like is accomplishable for our team. And um, I think if we go out there and try to execute that kind of strategy every week, that the uh, end result will be something that we would think would be respectable as well. Is there one particular race or track you have circled on this year's schedule? And if so, why? I have a couple of circles that I need to work on. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, the, a lot of the races last year, we went to a track and the next time we went back to a couple of these places we go to twice in a season, we got better. And uh, one that's close to home and one that I want to run well at and that I have run well at in a uh, late model level is Martinsville. And we just, we missed it both races there last year. And we had a very tough time at Martinsville. So that's something that I really want to try to figure out where we're missing something there or where I'm missing something there and, and, and be better at. But like we talked about earlier, there's so many new things on the schedule and, and I just have a lot of anxiety and anxiousness to go to. I mean, I'm not a very experienced road course racer, so I'm looking forward to being able to go to more road courses this year, be able to master that craft a little bit and learn the techniques of that some more. And then I get to check off dirt racing off my uh, career list as well this year too. So Yay. Um, there's a lot of great things uh, coming along the way and a lot of places that I love for each individual characteristic. So it's real hard to 
pick one that I circled. I think I only have maybe two more questions. One is super important. The other, I'm going to be honest, I think I'm just being nosy. (laughs) What are your favorite things to do off the track? My favorite things to do off the track is obviously like come home to Virginia. I traveled the extra four hours to come home and be able to be where I grew up. And when I'm home, I like to try to kind of keep a simple routine, lay a little lower on the radar, just go to the gym, try to stay in shape, study everything I can that I need to for racing, talk to great people like you guys. Oh, thank but you. As far as, <laughs> as far as free time, my wife and I like to just, whether that be binge on Netflix. Uh, recently, we started watching Longmire together, and that's something that's been pretty fun to sit around and get stuck into. We also actually video game a little bit together, which has been something that kind of kept us connected with some friends through COVID and, and unexpected times last year as well. So between that and just uh, doing some family things and um, when the summer comes, hopefully we can spend some more time down at the lake house in Smith Mountain Lake in Virginia and enjoy that some more as well. I am a Netflix girl when I feel like using the other remote to change to Netflix, but I know Kenny (laughs) is actually in the gaming world. Kenny, I know you have something to say about that. (laughs) Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I've been a avid gamer since I was in middle school through high school and even now of course I know you know about iRacing I do that every once in a while but I gotta ask you what are some of your favorite games that are out right now that you're playing yeah obviously um, I'm doing the iRacing thing I got a group of guys on there that helped me out a whole bunch on that and it's been a great relationship to build with them but as far as uh, games that my wife and I play together and that we play with a lot of other friends has been Warzone we really got into modern warfare we played multiplayer uh a lot when it first came out we kind of transitioned to Warzone here through covid and into this year and uh we got the new cold war we're not really feeling the cold war thing a whole lot but um Warzone's still pretty fun and it really is like my wife never played video games before we before we got married but it's once she kind of realized the the friendships and the communication that you can have through it and being able to have friends from her hometown down in Raleigh, North Carolina, play with my friends from up here in Virginia and put all that group together. Uh, it's just really fun. And it's something that uh, was very useful for, uh, you know, the times through COVID when people were on lockdown. Well, she's a keeper. If she learned to play video games just for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't. It didn't come easy. It took some convincing, but we, we got it done. And uh, it's it's kind of a, it was a routine, but now that racing's back, we're a little busier, but we try to get on there and, and keep up with all of our friends on there. Awesome. Just one last question. What would people be surprised to know about Quinn? What would they be surprised to know about me? Um, Something weird would be I had my appendix removed in an urgent surgery around Thanksgiving when I was in the second grade. I laid around for two weeks and my parents just told me to suck it up because it was a cold. (laughs) And uh, I actually went to the hospital. I got them to take me to the hospital once and the ER was so busy that we just decided to turn around. And then it just got to the point it was unbearable. And they finally took me back again right around the holidays. And I had to have urgent appendicitis surgery. So I have a nice scar from that. You know, a lot of people get get the little teeny scars in three different sections, but I, they just went straight in and grabbed that sucker out of me so it didn't rupture and cause more problems. But yeah, so I got a surgery out of the way pretty early. Um, so that was something that a lot of people probably wouldn't know. Yeah, that's actually 
wow, second grade. Because usually it's something that happens when you are an adult. I can relate on the appendicitis thing because I think it was 2016. I was in college. I was actually in my senior year. So I was about 21 when it happened to me. My appendix actually ruptured. So Mm. I went to urgent care. And of course, I got surgery and everything. I was in the hospital for about a week, you know, recovering from that. So I know that pain. It is a, a very different pain that only people who have been through it can understand it. So I know how you feel. <laughs> but yeah, he was that, only that is, I'm sorry. I, I was think, just going to say you were only in a second grade. That's like yeah, too young. It, it was, that it that was is tough. <laughs> it was elementary school. And, you know, now that I'm trying to think back to it, it was second or fourth. But I was in elementary school. And, yeah, wow. the, ruptur- the rupturing thing, that's what we tried to avoid. But the other bad thing that happened. I was in the hospital also a week because the pain medications they gave me, we found out the hard way that I was allergic to them. So not only did I just have appendicitis surgery and my abdomen stitched together, but now I'm puking profusely because I found out I'm allergic to a pain medication. So not quite the experience that you want to have as a, a grade school student. Oh, no. Well, Quinn, thank you so, so, so much. And I mean that a lot. Like I said, I've been around the sport for over a decade, and one of my favorite interviews of all times, Clint Boyer, I always like to give him a shout out. And I (laughs) want to give you a shout out as well, because sometimes when you interview drivers, and not just myself, but I've witnessed drivers, it's like pulling teeth. And this was actually really refreshing. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, I always love being able to come out and talk whenever anybody asks and uh, get my get my personality out there some more. And I'm, I've always said that, you know, I'm, I'm a down to earth, try to be humble guy, but I'm not going to sit here and also be another cardboard dry cutout personality driver. <laughs> so I'm thankful you guys had me on and I really enjoyed it. Thank you. So Thank you, I, man. that's it. <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. You too. You too. Bye bye. Thanks so much for tuning in. 